Good afternoon. It's great to be back at the Denver Gold Group. Uh, White Gold Corp. is an exploration company, and our focus is the White Gold District in Yukon Territory, Canada. Our symbol on the TSX Venture Exchange is WGO, and we also trade on the NASDAQ International under WHGOF, as you can see. I wanted to quickly go through a few quick points before the room emptied right after Chris. Um, I didn't lose too many, but um, much of this is going to be a baseline study or baseline overview of our company. Some of you I know are probably craving more information. Um, our, our colleague and our CFO, Matt Bajerni, is right back there as well. Um, say hi, Matt. Um, we also, if anyone's interested in any more details, we do have some one-on-one -on -one space available for tomorrow as well, uh, so you can track us down to find out some more particular details. But the three points I wanted to leave you with that are more important than anything are relating to a couple of very important key points. One is whenever you're evaluating a junior mining company or a major mining company or any company, you want to look at the share structure and who owns the shares. And White Gold has a very unique share structure. We have two strategic investors, Kinross Gold and Igniko Eagle, each own 19.9% of our, of our outstanding shares. I think that, you know, that means many things to different, many people, but what it means to me is it's a, it's a shot in the arm of confidence that companies that actually produce gold are willing to invest in us. Another fact that nobody ever asks us is about insider ownership. About 20% of our outstanding shares are owned by insiders. Whenever I buy a stock, this is the first and mostly the only criteria I look at. Skin in the game is important. Between Pat DiCapo, Dave D'Onofrio, and Sean Ryan, that's about 20% of our stock. If companies don't talk about insider ownership, it's most likely because they don't have it. Second key thing to know about White Gold is our technical team, or what I would argue is our bench strength. We have every geologist that's been involved in the major discoveries in this district from the underworld discovery in 2008, which led to the Golden Saddle resource, uh, from the Kamenak discovery, uh, as well as many of the, uh, the prospectors and samplers that were around from day one. Why is that important? Continuity and perspective. Understanding why and how a result can impact what you're doing going forward is made a lot easier when you understand maybe how it was done in the past. The third is, key point is that we're still at the very low-hanging fruit phase of exploration. And what that means is we're still finding things on surface and high grade. You heard Chris's story. There's probably not too many better than that out there about an example of these, this low-hanging fruit that's still out there that has been largely overlooked or misunderstood by the major companies. And white gold is no exception to that. You can expect these discoveries to be made by basic technology, whether it be soil sampling or shallow drilling, nothing expensive and nothing fancy. And in my experience, when one discovery is made and you have a smart technical team, whether it be Bob and Chris or Jody and Sean and myself, once you, get, once you crack the code, then the floodgates open and the discoveries happen. And if you're at that stage where the low-hanging fruit is available, then that is where you want to be as a shareholder. Um, a little bit of a perspective here on what it looks like in the Yukon. A lot of people think it's remote and distant and infrastructure is challenged. Well, it's not. Uh, we have roads within two kilometers of all of our major prospects. Um, very easy to get around, rolling hills. Uh, soil sampling is our basic technique. And the reason why it works is because this area has never been glaciated. 
So you don't have boulders in your way from Greenland, etc. Uh, when you take a soil sample, it's reflective of that bedrock below. And when you take 400,000 soil samples, which our team has in, in the past 15 years, you get a pretty good idea of where you want to vector in. And you also have a pretty good idea of where you don't want to go as well, which is equally as important. Forward-looking statements, um, we take our disclosure very seriously. If you have any questions about how we disclose any of our technical information, uh, please do follow up with us and we'd be more than happy to explain. Again, I touched on this a little bit. Um, key things, management, uh, technical team, partners, uh, and you've got to be in the right zip code as well. And uh, the White Gold District in Yukon, again, since really the emergence of the first discovery in 2009, has put together about conservatively seven to nine million ounces, new ounces, all within 200 meters of surface. That's a key, po a key point. These are all open pitable, coming to surface, no pre-strip ounces. And there's been two major takeouts, one by Kinross Gold in 2010 and another by Gold Corp in 2015. These were very rewarding transactions for shareholders. And what that tells me as a geologist is, this is the part of ground. If we can find the deposits that have already been found in this district, then those are wanted by the majors, and they'll, and they'll pay for them. So it's important to be in the right zip code, whether it be Red Lake or White Gold. There's not too many jurisdictions like that still out there. A little bit of a, a lay of the land on Yukon. Um, I would also like to, to mention that the Yukon Mining Alliance, which is kind of like our our uh, chamber of mines, if you will, de facto, uh, are here at the conference as well. If you have any questions about the Yukon or the politics of the Yukon or the social structure, uh, Anne Lewis from YMA and the Deputy Minister, uh, Deputy Premier Ranj uh, is here as well, and they are very open about uh, talking about the opportunities in, in Yukon. And you can see here the two claim maps, one on your, on your left and then one on your right, about how things have changed. And that's primarily that increase in claims is primarily not only a function of the, the quality gold resources that are being discovered, but the de-risking this jurisdiction has done in the last 10 years politically as well as socially. Our First Nation that we uh, interact with, I hate to say deal with because it sounds like it's, a, it's, it's not a relationship, but it is. It, the, the First Nation that we work with is the Tronda Quichin, and we've been hand-in-hand hand with them on many issues. We're working towards a, a benefit agreement now. They've already had very good relationships with the, the, new, the new kid on the block, Newmont, and uh, it's very much a positive pro-business uh, atmosphere. Bit of the history of the company. Uh, this spawned, White Gold spawned in 2016. The phone call started the day after Gold Corp bought Kamenak and said, let's put the team back, let's put the band back together, get the right people on the right rocks, and get it financed. Uh, the key financing people were the Power One people at Toronto, Pat Capo and Dave D'Onofrio, as you may well know. Pat was the guy that put the shell together for a little company in Ecuador called Aurelian Resources, which did pretty good. Um, and again, so he's, had, he's got a keen sense of, of trying to find technical teams and, and good zip codes. And one of the first things we did, this, about two days after we formed the company, we went to Igneco Eagle and we told them our business plan. We said, we've got a million acres in this area where there's been two major gold discoveries, and we want to make the next one, and the next one, and the next one. And our model is going to be simple. We want to explore for it, find it, and then sell it. We are not miners, and we don't want to be miners. The best place to be on the curve for investors is when the exploration is being done. We know that because we own the shares, too. And Igneco agreed to a $14.5 million investment over three years to do exactly that. 
May, in May of 2017, we acquired the Golden Saddle deposit from Kinross and as well as their larger properties, and that brought them into a pro rata 19.9%. And I would like to mention that both Ignico and Kinross have been writing checks and financing to maintain that, uh, that uh, interest um, uh, ongoing and to this day. Our business model, um, with large land positions, you're not a one-trick pony. We're a well-layered uh, story. Um, we have tens, if not hundreds, of early-stage prospects where we have simply maybe a one rock sample or several soil samples. And our goal is we do grid soil sampling over that, and then they become prospects, things like the wolf here or you know, the Carlisle, the pilot, the peddler. Uh, and then we might do RAB or RC drilling, which is really cheap and effective in this, in, this, in this territory. And if we're lucky, we might be able to see some geometry in 3D in some of these zones. And you can see some of these might turn into Vertigo, Ryan Surprise, GS West. And if we're doing our job properly, you're seeing one, two, maybe three of these new, new occurrences every season. And then the ultimate is to take the geometry in 3D and turn that into something that an independent uh, uh, 43101 guy can put a number on. And we're lucky now, the Golden Saddle deposit, which I'll talk a little bit about, is a million and a half ounces at about 2.2 grams. And if you want something even higher grade, you can take a core of that, about 900,000 ounces, at about 3 grams. And as Chris mentioned, the largest gold mine in Canada mines at an average grade of 1 gram. So again, these high-grade type deposits are highly sought after. What did we do in 2019? Quickly going over it. Uh, a $13 million fully funded program, but $5 million of that was on the white project, which is Golden Saddle. Our objective there was to increase the ounce count in and around the Golden Saddle deposit in shallow uh, uh, proximal targets. Uh, 17,000 meters of diamond drilling, uh, primarily at white and again at our new discovery Vertigo, which we just announced about this time last year, and I'll talk a little bit about some of those ongoing results. And then 75 or more uh, RC rab holes, uh, which are uh, on basically probably at least 15 to 20 individual targets, um, and that's ongoing right now. Um, again, yes, much regional activity, uh, 40,000 soil samples, uh, much of that on properties that you haven't even heard of yet, but the goal would be that those would be the ones that you might see talked about next year in this pipeline. Talked a little bit about share structure and share ownership, about 112 million shares outstanding, uh, market cap just north over 100 million. Uh, limited um, uh, analyst coverage, Steve Butler at GMP has a, a target price over two bucks there. So there's lots of room for increased uh, analyst coverage if there are uh, anyone out there that you know might be interested in chatting. Uh, measured and indicated resources, Golden Saddle. You can see here, this is our Whittle Shell pit, and you can see the Golden Saddle deposit running, um, uh, dipping towards, uh, towards the, the uh, uh, left of the screen, uh, and the ARC deposit just to the right of it. Um, Golden Saddle was discovered in 2009. It was the major first discovery. Uh, prior to that, um, uh, you know, most of the deposits in the Yukon were classified as porphyry or they were lower grade. Um, this discovery really signified the beginning of what I would call the white gold type deposit, um, which are high grade structural uh, deposits um, that you might be more, uh, you are more common in places like uh, West Africa or, or the Canadian Shield. Uh, you can see the resource there. Uh, that was uh, published uh, last January. Uh, this year, you can see 
uh, our objective was to primarily enhance that resource near surface around it. Within a five kilometer uh, radius, there's a number of prospects, Uli's, uh, Ryan showing, uh, Wedge, Ryan's prize. Uh, there's a number there that have uh, er, near surface indicators that we may be able to uh, add some incremental ounces to this very important uh, keystone to our, to our, uh, our uh, inventory. One thing we did this year is we acquired the uh, VG deposit, which is across the river from uh, Golden Saddle, a company called Comstock Metals, which I, I don't know the details, but the, I think they may have been bankrupt or in receivership. We, requ we acquired this for uh, like a million shares, a hundred grand, and a bag of used pucks or something. Uh, and it's got a couple hundred thousand ounce resource on it. And that's not that big, you say, but well, look at the property here. You've got soil anomalies over... 10k. This is a bona fide expiration project, and our VP expiration, Jody Gibson, actually discovered this for Comstock a few years ago. And his comment was, you know, guys, the geology and the alteration, the mineralogy on this is exactly the same as the Golden Saddle, which is our million and a half ounce resource. So again, that gave us pretty good confidence that if this might be a you know an adopted brother of the stuff that we already have, and so we we feel it's a pretty attractive project. Um, it didn't get a lot of work this year, only about a dozen RC holes, primarily because much of the oxygen in our room was sucked up by our new Vertigo discovery, which I believe is the next slide. So Vertigo was discovered about this time last year. Uh, it's about 30 kilometers north of uh, Golden Saddle. It is along this broad deformation zone that extends for about 20 kilometers as well. And you can see it here. It's on this trend with uh, Vertigo uh, all the way down to Maisie May, uh, Sabotage. Uh, um, and there's, a, there's a ton of them there. We've actually separated Vertigo because once we got there, we realized it was actually more than one. So you might hear the Topaz. Topaz is a separate zone a few kilometers south. Um, and you can see some of the RAB RC drills there, results from last year. And... This year, our diamond strategy has been to do fence across because we know we've got about six or seven of these parallel, very high-grade structures. Um, and with Igniko and Kinross as partners, it gave us the comfort and the affordability to do a transect or a fence right across that to make sure we were getting the best structures. So over those six or seven structures, they're not all created equal. Some probably won't get any more work. Some will scratch our head over, and a couple look interesting. And to the point where our last 15 to 20 holes have been focused on putting geometry or legs on a couple of those more favored structures that we like. So expect news flow on assays from Vertigo on some of these more attractive uh, um, mineralogical zones um, coming up this fall. The idea there is that this is, again, a free gold system. You can see visible gold in it, but it's not nuggety gold. This is one thing. Chris showed some great pictures about his, his stuff, and, and again, it's, it's not nuggety in these really good systems. It's you, When you re-assay some of this stuff, you might get, you know, you have an original assay of 60 grams. You re-assay, you might get 49 or 51 or 68. You don't get zero. How many gold deposits have we worked on and seen where high-grade assays cannot repeat? And when you repeat your assays, those are things that add comfort and they give you a little bit more sleep at night as a geologist as well as an investor. Well, one thing we announced last week in the 35 seconds I'm over now, but uh, I'll give you, I'll, hopefully you can stay seated for another minute. <laughs> um, the Titan, and this is something we just announced a few weeks ago. Of the 400,000 soil samples we've taken, Titan is the best one ever. 
and we just got the assay back a few weeks ago. It came back at over 100,000 uh, 100, ppb. We did a fire assay and a soil sample, and it came back at 113 grams per ton. So naturally, we went out and with a, with a shovel, our high-tech shovel, uh, and we dug a pit about a meter wide, and we found chunks of quartz with visible gold in it. Again, salt, or I shouldn't use the word salt. I peppered, peppered little grains of, uh, of visible gold associated with a little bit of chalcopyrite and a very diagnostic mineral called magnetite. Magnetite is a mineral that is magnetic, and so now we're doing a ground magnetic survey as well as a uh, 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 more detailed soil sampling across it and expect us to RAB and RC that in the coming weeks. So summary, pipeline from new discoveries that we're rapidly putting drills onto to things that are uh, near resource or we have geometry on, which would be vertigo. Uh, and then to the top of that pyramid would be our golden saddle, all of which enhance value. And are, I think, you know, in the last 15, 16, 17 minutes, you've kind of got a feel for, yeah, this is low-hanging fruit. And the expiration, the cheap expiration method of soil sampling and boot and hammer uh, is working. And there are other areas in the world where this can be employed as well. Thank you.